another interview. I am actually sitting here with John Brown. He is currently the vice president of sales and marketing. He's been doing this for about three, four months. And what paved the way to get there is he was uh, for the past five years operating as the national sales director um, at his previous organization. So he's got some background in leadership that we're going to talk about today. He actually happens to be a fellow devil dog uh, from the one and only United States Marine Corps. Finest fighting force known to man. Known to man. So uh, this is going to be a good call. I'm looking forward to it. John, thanks for joining us on the podcast. I appreciate the, the uh, invite. No problem. So listen, on this podcast, we, we like to just kind of talk organically and have these just natural conversations. And one of the things that we hear a lot about is how to succeed, how to grow, how to, how to do all the, all the positive things. Not a lot of people are talking about the, the other side, the not so positive, the, the failures. And so since no one's talking about it, I want to talk about it. Perfect. Okay, so real bluntly, straightforward, talk to us about how you recover from failure. You know, that's a, that's a great question, Avery, because I think that there are a ton of books, there are a ton of self-helps on, sec, on success, but, you know, oftentimes we don't talk about failures, and, and that's because we like to hide them in the closet, I think, a little bit. Right. Especially if you've been in business for any length of time, you're going to experience some sort of failure. It's just, it's inevitable, and you, you just hope during those business times that that failure is, is small and doesn't destroy your company or your career, um, but it's big enough to learn from. One of the things that I thought about when, when kind of thinking about coming out here was how do, uh, how do you really look at failure and how do you adjust from it? And one of the things I, I kept coming to mind was, was making sure you approach it in a humble uh, thought process. And, and what I kind of liken that to is the idea of if you're not going back and kind of evaluating yourself and looking at part of you know where you played a role in that failure, then you're doing yourself a, a disservice and you're yeah. doing the company that you work for a disservice. You know, I hear people sometimes say, you know, when they experience failure, they say, oh, I wouldn't have done anything differently. You know, that's, I did it exactly how and I'll live with the consequences. And I, and I look at it like, what do you mean you wouldn't do anything differently? You just failed. If you're not willing to look back at yourself and say, if I would have made a change here, if I would have done something even a little bit differently here, you know, maybe I would have come to the same outcome and that's fine. But where, where's the growth in that? There's, right. there's really no growth from, from that. And that's, that was the main thing I, I look at and said, Hey, how, what am I doing? What part did I play in it? What changes could I have made? And if I would have made those changes, maybe it could have been differently. Maybe it could have, could have not have been different, but I, you know, we don't say dwell on it, but at least self-evaluate. So listen, that's really good. One of the things you just said was that you stop and go back and look at what role you played. Now, some failures are me. Some failures are things that I've done wrong, something I didn't see, I didn't calculate the risk correctly. Um, but what about those failures that really um, seem like they come from external? They really come from the outside. Maybe it was something uh, we needed to do together. It was something that I kind of was relying on um, a group effort in. Even though you're the leader, you know, we're talking to leaders on this podcast. Even though you're the leader, do you handle... Uh, failures differently when they feel like they're external rather than internal? I honestly, I don't because as a leader, it's, it's my responsibility to make sure that the project, the job, whatever it is, make sure that I'm doing it the best of my ability. Yeah. Now, am I, you know, it could be anything from 
did I set the right expectations for the people? Did, did I give a good executable outcome yeah. for the people to be able to follow? And at the end of the day, you know, the question is, was I able to set a scenario where I was setting up the people that work for me to be successful? Um, you know, it may be, maybe it's some time that we spent in the core. Maybe it's, you know, the, the, the leadership style that I have. I don't know. Yeah. But I try to take full responsibility just because I can't change anybody else. There's not one thing I can That's make good. them do, and I can't adjust them. I can't, no matter how hard I try, and I've tried. You know, right, right. Being an alpha, you, you know, the control freak is, is the middle name of, yeah. of most leaders. And once I started realizing that I need to take my hands off of them and say, I'm going to be the best that I can be to you, and, and at the end of the day, you're going to do what you can do. Mm-hmm. Now, I can do some things to check and balance to make sure, you know, it's it's taboo to say micromanage these days because you yeah. know, it has a negative connotation to it. But it's okay also to set some requirements, set some expectations, and then check up on those expectations. Absolutely. And, make sure. and, and if you're, I think if you're following through step by step, you know, you don't allow those people or the outside influences to allow you to fail. That's good. Because you're kind of step by step making sure that every single time it's taken care of, good, check, boom, we're moving on to the next thing. Yeah. I now have a nice, warm and fuzzy, comfortable thing that feeling that this project's being done or this thing's being done. And if it's not, then I can take a step back and say, okay, where are we in this process? What do we have to do to get from A to B? Mm-hmm. And then we can reset. But it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be we fall flat on our face and then we, we sit back and we adjust and then and then move forward. Right. You know, absolutely. I think most failures, especially in the context that we're talking about, comes from leaders that are willing to take the, oh, things are going fine. Exactly. Oh, it's going well and not being willing to go back and say, well, well, what do you mean by that? Well, talk to me about that. It, it, it goes back, that's exactly right. It goes back to that idea of, of if you're a good leader has some self, self-evaluation self in it. And like yeah. you said, you know, they don't want to say, sometimes leaders have a struggle with saying, hey, I either one, need help, mm-hmm. or two, this is not working, even though it was my idea. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's like the worst case scenario. You're like, wait, it was my idea. I came up with, I formulated, I'm going to push this thing through the finish line and <laughs> right. I don't care if it's mid-level right? because I can't for a second say that it wasn't right. Right. You know, because that's a failure. And and my belief is, no, the failure is in not stopping, adjusting mm. and moving on the fly to be able to make sure it's successful. You know what I mean? That's, that's good. And, and leaders don't want to be vulnerable to a certain, to a certain extent, especially yeah. in front of their, the people that work for them. Yeah. You know? And I, I found that some of the best times is when I've said, hey, I'm going to take this one. This is me. I, I did this wrong, and this is what we're going to do differently. I think people that work for you respect that even more because they're willing to say, because then they'll cop up to when, when there's a mistake going on. Exactly. There, they'll cop up and say, hey, I made a mistake, and they know you're not going to come down on them and rain rain down on them you know, hard because you've done that. You know, you adjust, you work, yeah. and then you move forward together as a, as a unified group. Yeah, that's good. Uh, talk to me about what we all hope comes from failure, which is the growth on the other end. That's one of the things you just said is, um, where's the growth? And so we all are going to make mistakes. We're all going to drop some ball somewhere. But at the end of the day, you really hope I'm better for it. Somehow I'm better for it. Um, what is that magic formula to actually growing from your failure and not just reproducing it six months later yeah I, I think personally for me how i look at it is is i can't be afraid of the unknown again mm-hmm. I'm afraid of the failure again that's good that's that ultimately is what i believe holds great leaders back is that fear of failure 
you know, a lot of people have it in them, but they are they maybe failed one time before, or it didn't go exactly as they planned, and it's just the reins get pulled back, and then they just fall in line, and they just mm. kind of just work, you know, doing, right. their, doing their thing. But you know, any you read any success book, you know, just about anyone that is in a great successful situation, they have experienced some sort of failure. It's, yeah. it's happening, but they've gone back and, and fought and done something new and. And, and been willing to put themselves out there again to fail again. Yeah. If you're not putting yourself back out there to fail again, you're there's there's no shot that you're going to fail. That's great, but there's also no shot that you're going to be great. You know. That's good. That's good. Say, wait, so say that again. If if you're not even willing to risk the failure, you're certainly not going to experience failure. Right. You won't fail. But you're not going to be great. But you won't be great. That's good. That's real good. So, uh, when we are working through, okay. This didn't go well. Here's where I can own. And here's the growth potential. Uh, What you're saying is don't be gun shy about the next time because you're going to fail again. Mm -hmm. But if you if you handle this one poorly, it seems like you're saying it sets up this domino effect of failure in the future. I, b- I believe it does. I believe because you're 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 one, you're not self-reflecting. Yeah. Two, you're not putting yourself out there to try and fail again. And three, you're just not willing to adjust who you are and what you're doing yeah. to, to get to that next level. You know, it's all about that next level of, you know, not self-realization, but a little bit of just understanding the self and how, it, how you kind of work. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's important. It's huge. Good. Well, before we uh, let you go, I would love to get an on-the-spot uh, real-life example of something that you would say, this was the last my last failure, last thing that I did, last thing that I executed that didn't go well and kind of here's how that played out. Could you sort of, could you sort of uh, pull the curtain back and let us in a little bit on, on, on what you would say is your last failure? That's, that's good. It's probably wrong to say I don't, I didn't fail, right? Yeah. <laughs> I actually <laughs> I'm don't have any of those. You know, at my last position, we branched out and started a new a new business mm-hmm. entity, and and that's filled with failures. Yeah, um, because you're you're starting something new, creating and branching off. You've already got us. We already had a very successful division. Yeah, um, that was making money hand over fist. And so when I came up with an idea to do this, um, it was scary. It was real scary. But you know, we branched it off, and I think the failure was in I pushed way too hard. I was just I was just focused on making sure that it was successful, mm-hmm. making sure it was successful. And at the end of the day, I probably did not put in, or I know that I did not put in, you know, kind of stop gaps through the process yeah. to make sure that we were going down a path that was going to lead to long-term success. I was so mm. focused on the short-term success. That's good. That yeah. it took away from that. And, and it, you know, we ended up I'd say being successful, but not as successful as quickly as we could have been. Yeah. Because um, I was just pushing. I was, you know, the Marine in me yeah. started to just, you know, push up. Yeah, the get hill, it done, get it done. Exactly. And that's, it was a big learning curve because starting a new entity is, you know, it's an interesting beast unto itself. And then doing it in, in a business that's already got a successful portion of it. Right. You know, there's a, a lot of pressure on there that, that goes with that. So I, I really learned a lot when I looked back at myself and said, okay. I took all the principles that I was just talking about is I looked back and said, okay, where did I go? Where did it go sideways? How can we improve it? Because, you know, failure isn't like uh, pass or fail. Like we, like we think about it in school, you know, it's, yeah. it's how could I have just been a little bit better in this situation? How could I have been so a little true. better in that situation? Yeah. 
failures aren't that's a very good point i don't want to pass that over that's a really uh, great way to look at that we we look at failures as a grade well i got a d so i just i, I failed sometimes it's just uh degrees mm -hmm. it's degrees of yeah but if you would have done this it would have went from good to great exactly. and we're all aiming for great i don't know anybody that's aiming for good you know what I mean? Right. I just want to kind of be mediocre. And you you can hit mediocre on a pretty regular basis. But if you're aiming for great, a failure could be not hitting great because of this little tweak or this little this little change that you made. Um, the difference in short-term success and long-term success, it's like a, a breeding ground for failure. Mm -hmm. You're just so focused on the now win that you miss the, the, the whole game. You, you focus on this basket, but you, you miss the whole the whole stretch of what's going on. Uh, but bef before we leave, kind of un unpack that a little in helping leaders get through the short term so that they can see the long term. I think one of the things you have to understand is, is what is what's the big picture? Yeah. Where are you trying to get to? And then you can if you work your way back appropriately, you can set good milestones and this way, again, it's that checks and balances of understanding, hey, I need to look at this and say, this is working or not. So if I know, hey, at the end of the day, in five years or two years, I want my company or my business or my position or whatever it is, doesn't matter. This is where I envision myself. And you use appropriate, one, spiritual connections to it first. So I don't mm -hmm. want that to ever be, you know, let go by the wayside is, 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 God, is God's plan. Yeah. You know, do I fall in line with what God's plan is? But once you've established that, you sit, we can say, two years, this is what I want to do. So what does that look like working my way backwards? So right. where do I have to be at 18 months? Right. I have to be, you know, where do I have to be at a year so that I know that, all right, I've got a one-year plan to get there. And where do I have to be in six months? Where do I have to be tomorrow? Yeah. You know, it can go back to where do I have to be? I tell the people that work for me, plan your day that, so that you can maximize every minute of that planned day. And this way, you don't have to work until 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night if you're maximizing your day. So when you wake up tomorrow and you say, I know I want to get here in two years, what little bit can I do today mm -hmm. that will outwork the competition or outwork the people that's around good. me so that I know that in, in 24 months, there's nothing that's going to, that I have done that's going to stop me from being the one that's chosen to get this promotion or to move into this spot or to do this different thing. No, that's what a guy once told me when I was really young. He said, never put yourself in a position where somebody can overlook you. Wow. And I'm like, that's good. That's real good. That's, that's good. Like, that's like gold right there. Yeah. You know? and, and that's, that's what I encourage people that work for me, people that I work with, you know, people that I look up to. We talk about those things all the time. You, know, yeah. just, you have to or else you're, again, you're being comfortable with being able, with not failing. With not failing. And it seems like it's not short-term versus long-term. It's using short-term to accomplish long-term. It's all big. It's all one big stepping stone to, to get to where you're trying to go. That's good. Well, John, thank you. This was this was great. This was really, really good. I love that you kind of opened up a little bit, kind of gave us a little glimpse uh, into you. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. Thanks for um, investing in the leaders. No problem. Man. I really appreciate you inviting me. It was, a, it was a pleasure. It was an honor for, for me to be able to talk with you. I really do appreciate you. Well, this has been a great uh, conversation for everybody listening. Um, some of uh, what we talked about, we're going to put down in the show notes. Um, if you are subscribed, you get these automatically to your uh, phones, but you can also go on to leadinghisleaders.com and subscribe to the podcast. 
Um, hopefully something we've said today, hopefully something John had said helps you as you are leading his leaders. Thank you.